Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Exhortation by Larson Hicks on August 15th, Lord's Day Service. One of the four distinctives of our church is community, building, fostering, genuine, robust, healthy community. Uh, and, and, and the question is, why do we view community as so central to the mission of our church? Well, the short answer is that we believe that community is actually at the center of the gospel. God's mission from day one has always been to build a community, to build a people for himself. This was his promise to Abraham, to Moses, to David. This has always been the goal, to set a people apart for himself, a family, a community, a people. And so one of the key ways uh, that God distinguishes his people from all the rest of the people is that he feeds them. He feeds us. He fed Adam and Eve in the garden. He fed Israel in the wilderness, manna. He feeds us here at this table. When Peter Lightheart was here a few weeks or months ago, um, he preached. It was just the Sunday a few weeks, a week or two after Pentecost. And he was talking about how we tend to, when we think about Pentecost, think about and focus on the extraordinary events that happened that day. The uh, speaking in tongues, the the tongues of fire, um, and all of that. Um, but, but what he mentioned that, that he wanted to draw our attention to is what came next. At the end of chapter 2, we see um, what the Spirit was up to in that Spirit-filled Pentecostal church. At the end of the second chapter of Acts, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending to the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So this is what the church immediately after Pentecost looked like. And it is still, these are still the marks of a spirit-filled church today. Breaking bread, especially in one another's homes. Something I want to talk about and draw our attention to more closely today. So first I want to just commend you. This is one of the things that we've talked about as a session over and over. How important and central to our church's uh, identity and vision is hospitality and fellowship, table fellowship. And every week I hear about people meeting in each other's homes. And it's very encouraging to hear that that's already something that this church has taken hold of. Um, And I want to commend you for that. And I also want to uh, encourage you to continue to grow in this practice of hospitality. So we're talking about hospitality. I think first off, we need to be careful about imitating the way that the world uses hospitality. To the world, hospitality is really just a tool for garnering um, favor with influential people. Table fellowship kind of defines who your social strata is. And so 
If you want to be wealthy and upwardly mobile, then you invite wealthy, upwardly mobile people to your home and you sort of hope that you rub off and become part of the club. And you sort of cement yourself in that you know, echelon of society. But that's not how Christians do table fellowship. We define our table fellowship the same way that the Lord does. All who are baptized in his triune name are welcome, should be welcome at our tables. So we follow Christ's example. He broke bread with, with despised tax collectors, with prostitutes. And in the same way, our homes, in our homes, we should not ever limit access to our tables based on a person's social standings, their wealth, their education, their race, their family ties. In Christ, <clears throat> excuse me, in Christ, these are all our brothers and sisters, and they should be welcome at our tables. So Jesus gives us specific instructions about this in Luke chapter 14 when he says, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and, and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So what he's saying is use your table to bless those who cannot return the favor, the least of these. Be like Christ and break bread with people who won't improve your social standing or make your family look more prestigious. We should use our tables to feed the hungry, those who are literally hungry, but also those who are in desperate need of friendship. They're hungry for companionship. They're hungry for fellowship, for friends. Use your table to give rest to those who are weary and heavy laden with the cares of the world, with work and financial stress and health and family drama. Use your table to feed the hungry. We're fond here at Trinity of saying that Sabbath worship is central to the Christian life. The Lord's day is the pinnacle of the week. Everything we do through the week flows from what happens here. And one of the things that we mean by the centrality of worship is that God's mission is most fully and completely realized here in this place, in church, not in some parachurch ministry, not in door-to-door -door evangelism or a soup kitchen. As great as all of those things are, the fullest expression of God's mission and purpose in the world is here. This is where God's kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. This is us coming to the throne, doing what we are going to be doing for eternity in heaven with his people. And it's also where God feeds us. And so as we go from here, this pattern here reverberates throughout the week in our homes. The, we, start, we, start, uh, we see it to echo as we worship God in our homes and as we break bread in our homes as we're feeding our children and our, and our neighbors and our friends. So the Sabbath rest that the Lord gives here in his house flows into our homes throughout the week. And our tables at home should be places where we pour out blessings to our families in Jesus' name. So I want to encourage you to go from here and, and start small. Start by making your table first a place of rest, a place of blessing and joy and thanksgiving. If it isn't that, then focus there. Get that right. And then take a small step. Commit to having one family over a month or maybe even just one person a month. Start small. And remember that the meal you serve, the actual food, that's not the main course. The important thing that Christ taught us about the table is that 
The reason the Lord's table is a glorious feast, the reason why we, we view this as a glorious feast, is not because He sets out for us this meticulously prepared, extravagant meal. The reason it's a, a Eucharistic feast is because the Lord Jesus Christ gives Himself to us to feast upon. And so in the same way, the main event, when you have people over, is not the food that you serve them. It's the giving of yourself. It's your time, your encouragement, your friendship. You are the main course. You are giving yourself to others. Don't lose sight of that. The table fellowship is not about giving a fancy feast. It's about giving yourself of yourself and pouring yourself out for others at your table as Christ does for us weekly at His. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.